0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Sean, a retired literature professor and civic activist, writes a letter to his estranged son, Tennessee, a ranch hand. Tennessee is uncertain how to respond, but knowing he should go see his aging father, he decides to go back home. Uh, Tennessee arrives just as Nina, Sean's new personal trainer, fresh off a uh, bad breakup, accepts Sean's offer to move in and help him with his memoirs. Tension between the father and son is ever-present. Hence the basis of this wonderful new narrative film that's out in theaters today, and that's Friday, September 19th. And that would be The Frontier. It stars Max Gale. And many people would know Max Gale from a long time ago now, but more recently, 42. But they would know him from uh, Barney Miller. But in this film, he is absolutely terrific, along with the rest of the cast, but noteworthy, certainly, for his performance. Uh, And we're here today with the director of The Frontier, and that would be Matt Rabinowitz. Matt, welcome to Film School.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure.
0: Thank you. And I want to start off right away by sort of injecting the bona fides of the film, because uh, sure. it, it, and that is premiered at uh, the South by Southwest, uh, as well as Silver Spring's International Film Festival. It was a Best Feature film there. Uh, Barcelona Excellence in Dramatic Narrative, Northern California, Best Feature, uh, and the Canada International Film Festival Rising Star Award. It's been a very well-received film uh, it may not have the full weight of the publicity department of some major uh, uh um studio, but certainly deserves really. your attention it deserves your your um uh y- to check it out it is it's a wonderful film and well acted Oh, thank you for saying so yeah and um let well let's let's talk about the story as i described it it's sort of the yeah. max uh is is uh, his character sean is in the midst of reaching out to his son, trying to figure out basically uh, what's left of his life uh, and and the best way to go about trying to patch up some of these relationships. Talk to me uh, and our audience a little bit about uh, the genesis of the story. I know it was co-written, um, but tell me a little bit about how that came about.
1: Yes, yeah, so it was co-written with a, a good friend of mine named Carlos Kalunga, who's a uh, really talented writer and a um, an acting instructor here in Los Angeles. And so we were both at periods of our lives this is probably about two years ago now where we you know our careers were kind of happening but there was not a lot of momentum we had you know we had separately been working with other people on their projects and um you know we just thought that it was time to say screw all that and let's do something for us And um, so we just started talking about what we would like to accomplish in a film and what kind of stories interest us and, you know, what kind of relationships and the dynamic of a father and son relationship kept coming up. And we found that very interesting and just kind of went from there. Um, You know, we didn't really have. It was very organic. We didn't. You know, set out to, we didn't really outline much. We just kind of wrote, and like, oh, uh, the story's going in this direction. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Interesting does." Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it was just very almost stream of consciousness in a way. And, um,
0: so did, so did you and Carlos have maybe, uh, did you have similar sort of experiences with your fathers? I mean, is that, that, I mean, this is obviously the central kind of theme within the film. Right? Did where did you find that the the sort of universal truths of a father son relationship that you shared uh, with with Carlos?
1: Yeah, I guess we um, we can we. I mean, I guess the answer is yes and no. On the universal truths le- level, um, we did see a lot of similarities, but in these sort of specifics, not so much. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm pretty close to my father. Uh, I think Carlos doesn't mind me saying, but he's less close with yeah. his father. I mean, they have a pretty good relationship, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, but just sort of the, you know, the sort <laughs> of universal aspect, of dynamics that everyone has with their father at that stage in their lives yeah. when, you know, Tennessee is just becoming a man and mm-hmm. Sean is reaching, you know, the end of his journey on the planet Earth. And, um,
0: oh, yeah. you
1: know, just sort of the...
0: In a way, it's a coming of age story, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, in terms of that, I like to think, I like to say that when you're at a point in your life where you, where you, the end is closer than the beginning, shall we say? That's one way of putting it. And that's certainly Sean's experience. He he understands that. He knows that. Um, and, and obviously a, a big reason why he reaches out to Tennessee in, in the film. Um, um, the that dynamic and then let's introduce another dynamic which is the part of Nina right uh who is it's it says i mean it's sort of the personal trainer and then on his way uh, on her way to uh as Sean uh, sort of decides he wants to bring her in to help him tell me a little bit about sort of that dynamic of the relationship in the film
1: right well yeah Nina is his personal trainer but um probably more just a you know someone that Sean likes having around yeah so um you know our original cut of the film was about 240 okay. and now if you see it it's 86 minutes so there was a lot more explaining what Nina was there doing there was a lot of there was a couple scenes of you know her coming over to to do physical therapy with him and almost immediately he's like all right well we're good let's just talk about books you
0: know? <laughs> yeah, well, so, well, there, um, there's definitely that sort of lion and winter sexual tension. You know? Oh,
1: absolutely, and uh, absolutely,
0: yeah. And I she, mean,
1: it's a thing that'll probably never be acted on, but um, you yeah. know, it's just nice to have this younger energy in the house. And um, yeah, she's smart, she's sensitive, she she understands things, she's receptive to his ideas. So I. I think it's kind of a. It's almost like a. It gets kind of weird if you put it this way, but it's kind of like a surrogate child. But there's also an attraction there, you know. Yeah.
0: No. And and again, I mean, there is nothing wrong with having a beautiful, vivacious, intelligent woman in any circumstances, uh, let alone when you have. Sure. Sort of the, Couldn't hurt. Yeah, the dynamic of the you know the older man and now Tennessee, the young man introduced right. into the equation, that in and of itself. Really puts another whole spin on the troubled relationship that the two of them yeah. have had. So that it's that sort of what I call the free radical approach. Oh yeah, totally. You know, we're we're not sure exactly what's going to happen and who's going to bounce off who at what point in this exactly. real, in this and and that gives uh, the frontier a, a lot of the you know, the this energy you're talking about. Um, right. And I,
1: and one more thing is another theme throughout the movie is sort of lack of communication and yeah. having her be there is, you know, fuel for a lot of the misunderstandings and unsaid things that Tennessee feels about Sean, you know, and his history. It's never explicitly said, but, you know, it's alluded to that maybe he cheated on her mother and he was always entertaining younger students and things like that. So when he walks into the house and sees this, you know, Young hot blonde girl. He's like, oh man, nothing's changed with this guy. Right,
0: yeah. right, exactly. Yeah, and and also, uh, it's from a sort of dramatic uh, point of view as a vehicle. He can say all the things out loud that he can't say to Tennessee directly. He can, exactly. And so that exactly. Is, So she is. She is. She's this, the buffer zone between. them. She's the buffer. She's the megaphone in some way for him to right. say the things that he can't uh, on a, in a one-on-one situation. I want to mar- remind our listeners that we're speaking with Matt Rabinowitz. his film The Frontier comes out today that's Friday uh, uh September 19th it'll be screening uh, tonight at the NoHo 7 in North Hollywood wonderful theater complex in a terrific area just to kind of hang out there's a lot of great stuff going on so make an evening of it go down and check out The Frontier now are you in you're in town are you yeah. are, are you of the screenings tonight
1: um, tonight at the 740 screening, I'll be doing a Q&A. Um, okay. I think that's all I'm booked for, but if I'm in North Hollywood for the rest of the weekend, maybe I'll just drop in. And,
0: there you and go. Questions. Slap that uh, pro, pro, uh, the projectionist out of the way and take over. Let's exactly. just step exactly. in. Okay, take. I'm in charge here, kids. Uh well yeah. Th- yeah, so terrific. And now let we now we've alluded we've talked about the characters and sort of the, the internal dynamics of the film and let's talk a little bit about casting. Um you uh cast uh, Max Gale, who I alluded to earlier as uh mm. you know, we know him from Barney Miller, we know him from yeah. a lot of things. Uh not not recently so much, but yeah. most most recently um as the manager in uh in Jackie Robinson Biopic 42. Tell me say. a little bit about you. I I understand you have kind of a, a relationship going back quite a ways with Max. Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead. Talk talk a little bit about how he, he came into the production of uh, The Frontier.
1: Well, um, I guess starting at the beginning, um, my best friend in kindergarten was his daughter. So he would, you know, I'd be over at their house all the time. He would drive our carpools. Uh, we lived four or five doors down. So we've known each other, you know, probably since I was four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd always been aware of his, uh, him acting, you know, whether it was watching Barney Miller and Nick at Night as a kid or, you know, when he'd pop up on Home Improvement or other
2: yeah. <laughs> other shows that yeah. I'd watch. Yeah.
1: And um, his daughter moved away after high school and we kind of lost touch. But when we were putting this film together, I was thinking of, like, greater actors of that age range. And, you know, he his name just popped into my head, like, you know, a shooting star. So I was like, oh, my God, of course it's Max. It has to be Max. <laughs> and um, we called him up. He loved it. He... Did not recognize me when we
0: uh, oh, met right? again.
1: <laughs> It'd been probably ten years.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I was just about to say rampant nepotism in Hollywood. Look at this! Oh, but yeah. you didn't even recognize. it. That's funny. That's actually yeah. So uh, all right. Yeah. So so okay. yeah.
1: He came in for uh, for like uh, we you know did a reading, and I was setting up a camera to shoot it to uh, review it later, and I was like, "Hey, Max, what's up?" And he just looks at me. He's like, uh, "Hey." <laughs> like oh no it's it's me it's Matt.
0: <laughs> Did he at that point he okay oh man. At that yeah. point
1: he was like oh yeah.
0: <laughs> hey. Well well that's a tribute to the work a tribute to to the material uh, that he oh, he he was in you. yeah I mean he was in because he was interested in in this r- role I mean this is what he yeah wanted to no do, and so. that's
1: true yeah so I'm certainly not you know doing him a favor like he he wanted to do it
0: <laughs> right right no but I mean that I mean that. It just he's there and he's obviously wants to be involved in that that's terrific. Totally. Well, and 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 he does it and again I praise indeed for for Max Gale in this role. He is uh, he is the the film. I mean the film rests oh, absolutely. rests on his absolutely. shoulders and so and he, he does an incredible job. And uh, and I really never I've never seen him in a role like this before. Uh I've never seen him in this sort of dramatic uh but with a, he has a uh, he has a sense of humor in the role. He has yeah. he has all of that. But uh, he definitely brings the, and this is an overword used, and I'm going to cringe when I say it out loud. But he does bring that gravitas to the oh, role uh, that, that, sure. that that it needs uh, to have. And um, and then we, we've got some other wonderful people as well. Coleman Kelly plays Tennessee, and, mm-hmm. and Anastasia Senek Am I saying that correctly? Uh, Sendick. Sendick, Pardon me. Uh, are the this that's the this is the ensemble here? Those, yeah. those three. Tell me a little bit about casting Coleman and Anastasia.
1: Well, as I uh, mentioned earlier, Carlos is a uh, drama teacher mm-hmm. at the Lee Strasberg Institute in West Hollywood, which is where we met. It's where I went, and um, they were two of his um, two of his students that he thought would, you know, do really well in this. And so we read them, and it seemed to work out well, and we hired him. Casting on this movie was actually incredibly easy. <laughs> Well like I wish I had more stories but
0: Yeah. Well, it no. was
1: ultimately hey, read this. Oh, I like it.
0: Well, We're t- making a
1: movie in May, you yeah.
0: know. Count yourself, you know, among the lucky because how many times have I had people on that said they cast and it literally the last person they looked at, they're freaking out. They don't oh, know if they're going to make it, you know, even have a, a the ability to cast this the way they want. Yeah. And and uh, if you got that lucky, I mean, that's and as as uh Alfred Hitchcock said, Casting is ninety or ninety-five percent of filmmaking. Once you get oh, the right absolutely. people, so is that how you absolutely. felt? Did you feel that way when you were making this? Huh?
1: Um, I did, yeah. Um, you know, it's such a small movie with such a low budget that it—it it sort of limited what our casting scope was, anyway. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we there's only so many people who will do something like this for such small money.
0: Or none at all, you know. Right. Well. Well. Uh, um, okay. Well. Now you. So you've got your cast in place, uh, and we'll we'll get to the Kickstarter part of this story, sure. which I think is fascinating. I've never heard of it before being done before. But um, you've got. Uh, by the way, we're speaking with Matt Rabinowitz. The film is the uh, the Frontier. It opens in uh, the NoHo Seven in North Hollywood tonight. Uh, that would be September nineteenth, and run all week. And Hopefully it'll be rolling out uh, all over the place after that. Uh any VOD plans uh for uh the frontier? Anything coming um, up?
1: Um we are working on it.
0: Okay. All right. So Yeah. Now um uh how many days uh, shooting days did you have on this?
1: We had 18. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. So were yeah.
0: You, so was were all, was the was the crew wearing jetpacks when they were doing this thing? I mean that, that's
1: basically Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think anyone had you know more than a couple minutes of downtime each day. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were flying. It was pretty crazy.
0: Well, and you, you, it's a lot of its interiors, but you, there's a lot of setups. Yeah, so you can see that there are a lot of setups in this as well. Oh so, yeah. So, um, and what what you shoot on? What were you? Uh, What's your camera? We
1: shot on a Sony F three, which was great for what we needed. It was. Um, you know, we didn't really have to fuss with it too much. It never broke down, never overheated.
2: Mm-hmm. Shoots really
1: well in low light, so we didn't have to go crazy with um, Lighting. with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only problem was some of the interior scenes we shot, um, you know, we blacked out the windows to make it seem like nighttime when it was, you know, noon or whatever. And mm-hmm. any creak of light you can see. So we had to make yeah. real sure to yeah. really, really Block everything out, but it was a great camera. Mm-hmm. Um, we, yeah, we didn't have a single problem with it. Now, the, uh our DP loved it. All the camera guys.
0: So it's a Sony. What was it again? The Sony F three. So that's a pretty popular uh, for indies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. That and the Canon. The yeah, Canon totally. finding, but uh, now uh, you you have a background, uh, documentary background as well as. Uh, uh, videos for uh, bands, Infantry and, right. and others. Well, how did that translate? Uh, you know, sort of what is it, is there a, how much similarity is there in, in, in doing a a video for an indie band, I'll call them an indie band, and others, uh, yeah. and, and doing a film like this? Did, did you find, what was the...
1: You know, the, the... There, for me, there weren't a lot of similarities just because with those things, um, it was usually, I mean, I guess... The one thing that's similar and dissimilar is that we had such small crews on all the music video shoots and we had to shoot them so fast. Mm-hmm. So we were we were well prepared to do that on the film. But the film was just so much more professional. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that was a bit of an adjustment too. <laughs> Whereas like um, with the music videos, they were all like basically no budget. Um, so, you know, it'd be like, hey, friend of ours, can we use this room in your apartment for two hours <laughs> on Sunday? And then we'd do that and yeah. dress it up to look like a rock club or whatever and, yeah. you know, get out of there. It was, um, I don't know. It's tough to say. its I mean, there are pros and cons to both both styles of filming. Yeah. You know, there is kind of a freedom in just doing something, but at the same time you're very limited by the manpower.
0: Well, well in in that regard. So, um I and I would assume I'm not a I I mean making videos for bands, I have no I've no experience, but I would imagine a lot of videos uh, are post-production enterprises as much as they are what you're shooting when you shoot them. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I tried when I did it and I haven't done a music video in a couple years now. Uh, but when I, I've always been much more interested in, you know, practical Mm -hmm. effects Mm -hmm. in, um, you know, in every aspect, whether it is a special effect or just the look of it. Like I try not to color grade too much or Mm. do too many post-production, uh, hijinks, I guess. Um, you know, I'm very interested in what you cat, you know, basically catch capturing that moment, you know, capturing that shared moment that you and whoever else is in the room is having and. Not
0: screwing with it too much. Mm-hmm. Well, in um, so, okay, oh, go on. no, I, uh, that um, and then in that regard, sort of it, the background in making uh, videos for bands, and then you as an actor. And, and I and this is yeah. do you have. I mean, this is impressive resume as oh, an actor. Nice. Yeah, oh my God, you have worked in Paul Thomas Anderson's uh, upcoming role in Inherent Vice. That's right. Uh, Cameron Crowe's new project that comes out uh, around Christmas this year. But in addition to that, Rachel getting married, which Jonathan Demme's Rachel getting married, Cameron Mm. Crowe's Elizabethtown, and also uh, Strasburg Theater and Film Institute in Los Angeles. So you have a really solid background as an actor. How does that (laughs) translate into now you're you're on the other side of the camera? Did you learn something from working around Cameron Crowe, Jonathan Demme? Oh, man, I mean,
1: I've learned... all so much from every job I've ever done. Okay. And even just beyond the acting, I mean, I've worked as a PA for years. Okay. I've, I've worked as a DP. I've, i you know, there was a period where I was trying to do every job possible, you know, that you didn't have to join a union for mm-hmm. just to kind of, I mean, I've always known that I wanted to direct probably since I was, you know, 10 years old. So it was always very important for me to really understand the full scope of what happens on a film set And, you know, what it what it does, the more jobs you do, is it really gives you a sense of everyone's job,
2: you know, sounds silly
1: to say, but it's really important to know how how hard everyone's working, how, you know, what kind of um, vocabulary they use, all sorts of um, things. And with acting, how that's helped me is, you know, I'm able to talk to actors much more easily you know, in their language, quote, unquote, and just kind of um, like I understand the I understand the struggle, mm-hmm. I guess. I understand what it is that they need to accomplish to get what I want to accomplish. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm well, sure there's a more eloquent way of saying that. Yeah, but. Yeah.
0: Well, this for me, I, having interviewed lots and lots of filmmakers and I always curious about this, uh, and especially when when a, there's a a filmmaker who's now who's been an actor, who's is, is a working actor, and this is the part of the 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 craft that I I that I admire so much, and I don't quite understand um, that. And that is, you you have a role, and it may mm. be you know if you're in a film enough to where you're developing an arc, part of your, sure. your, your as a, as an actor, deve- there's an arc to your story within the within the context of the film. Making a choice and and films are shot out of sequence often oh, yeah. more often than not finding that voice in a in for of actor in a role in the that in a scene that's in the middle or maybe near the end of a film or even maybe sometimes right. the last scene in that you'll be in in a film, making sure that that particular voice that you're looking for that particular choice you've made for this character, and then filming the first scene you know. A week before the end of production, that you know you're going to be in, finding that consistency for that character and that actor, and then there's a lot of other moving parts. There's people within these scenes, yeah. So you have to try and strike a tone that is going to look and feel consistent as an experience for the film viewer. I don't know how and it
1: can be incredibly confusing.
0: (laughs) I I don't. I don't know how you do it. I. I mean, honestly, it's 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 remarkable that that those performances are as consistent as they are whenever I watch a film. Because I know that this Absolutely. is shot out as a good how do you do that? How do you know well, how to strike that tone or that particular point of view? And then you've got the act and you've got the director who I mean you've got to sync up with him. That is remarkable. Yeah. Well go ahead. I mean yeah. I know that's the essence of acting in some ways, but sure. I, mean, yeah. what, <laughs> I mean what I know I'm asking to describe the indescribable here. But yeah. but how do you do that?
1: <laughs> I mean, uh fortunately or unfortunately, I've never had to um have that happen in any of my acting work. Okay. <laughs> I've um But now
0: you've had to I've, see it do, done as a director.
1: Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a constant balance that you have to do trying to make, you know, every scene that you're shooting the most important scene in the world and then you know, basically, once you're finished with that, moving on and making this thing the most important thing, even if it's something as you know simple as someone just opening a door, no emotion, no, right, no anything else. They're just opening a door. But you know, actors want to feel like everything they do is incredibly important, and 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 it is. But you know. I've seen it from both sides. Whereas you're an actor, you're like, "Oh, why am I opening this door?" Blah blah. blah. And as a director, you're like, "Oh my god, just open the door!" Yeah, <laughs> you know. But so it's a constant give and take. It's a constant back and forth, and you know, developing a good rapport and having good communication that way is super important.
0: But again, and, I mean, again, I mean, a choice that Max makes at in within the sequence of the film early on. Has to be consistent with what Max cho- cho- the choices that Max or Sean is making. Sure, at and the I, end, I, how absolutely. I, I, oh, so I
1: think any any great actor has a really strong sense of who their character is playing. Okay. Probably better than anybody else, better than the director, better than anybody,
2: mm-hmm.
1: even better than the writer. In times,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so Max, you know, Max was a very good arbiter of uh, what it is that Sean, who who Sean is, Mm -hmm. what kind of things would he do? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I'd write a line on the day and be like, what do you think about this? He's like, oh, I don't know. I think Sean would say it more like this. And, you know, so he kept, he kept, you know, it honest in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of great professional actors, you know, they just have an innate skill for that. They just have an innate, you know, feeling for, Who this person they're playing is.
0: Yeah. Well, and for and for me,
1: able to keep all that alive in their head. There you go. Their head space,
0: and and for me, that is the that for me is the essence of uh, when people talk about actors as artists. Uh, To me, that's what that's what they're talking about. Because and it's
1: a really tough job. I mean, aside from that, just yeah. Oh man, uh, every aspect of it is you know it can be a real bummer (laughs) sometimes. You know, Mm. like Mm. an actor's life is. Pretty difficult, which is why I've, you know, in a way, diversified all yeah. my interests. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, you know, you act, you're acting, you're asking people. I mean, this is kind of a the psychological side of it for me. You're asking people to assume a, a, a persona that may or may not have anything to do with them in their absolutely life and experience. for a
1: set time. You know, it's yeah. it's hard to regulate when you're going to feel things. You it, know, yeah. but to tell an actor like, "Hey, Thursday, we're doing the big emotional scene." Right. So, you know, at eleven thirty to one o'clock, we're gonna need you in a really bad emotional place. Like that's a lot to ask from somebody.
0: Well, and it also really tests the kind of the, the, the capability of a person uh, within this kind of psychological context that they call reality of their own Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Right? So oh, for sure. Yeah. So you're asking really, you're asking people to <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's we very could go torturous in a way. <laughs> we... it's a pretty mean thing
1: to do to somebody. Well,
0: there you go, you <laughs> damn directors, you and your writers. Yeah, know. And, you know, what are you doing to these people? All right, exactly. well, I, all right. So we've while we have wandered off into a tangent here, but I this is fascinating to me. I hope it's fascinating. Oh yeah, fascinating this has been a lot of fun. No, well, I got more. I got a couple more questions for oh, you. Okay, so great. now I, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with uh, Matt Rabinowitz. It's uh, the film is The Frontier. It's opening at NoHo uh, Seven in uh, North Hollywood. Like I said, it's such a cool area. They really did oh, a nice yeah. job, you know, to kind of. Yeah, North them.
1: Hollywood's getting pretty cool. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of cool stuff there. So, so for totally. you can make an evening of it, go out, see the frontier, and, and, and tell, you know, tell your, your, your fan friends and family as well. Um, now, um, um, uh, it's Kickstarter. I mean, obviously, you're looking for money. Mm. Uh, you're an indie film director, if that's a proper way to say that. But Do you you're, you're are you're looking yeah. for everybody's looking for money. I want oh, to get yeah. the thing made. But so you had hey, you came up with a pretty cool idea. Tell me a little bit about uh, as part of your Kickstarter, you did what?
1: Yeah, it was an idea from our producer Jeff, mm-hmm. and his idea was that to make this project stand out from the others, that we we would live stream the whole thing. Basically we would, you know, have a transparent film production where anyone who is interested in seeing how a film is made, if they donated, I think it was over $5, then they would have access to this, um, link of a live stream, uh, of the whole filmmaking process and interviews and, you know, that sort of thing. Cool. And, um, so we had, he, he was, pretty much in charge of that project we had it all figured out and literally the day before we started uh production all the equipment shut down
2: oh my god (laughs) you
1: know we had a couple gopros we had like this um live stream box that's basically like a wi-fi modem that you know streams every it hooks up to a camera
2: yeah
1: streams everything you know in real time for whatever reason it all crashed out the day before so what we settled on was just having um Basically, a guy walk around with an iPad all the time, (laughs) and um, it worked. It worked. Yeah, a lot of people liked it. The overwhelming response from a lot of people was like, "Oh my god, this is so boring."
0: (laughs) Well, you know, kids, welcome to real life. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And this, like, for uh, this was you know a super. I mean, we were moving so fast. We do you know dozens of setups a day. Yeah. Yeah. And people were, you know, compared to a, a normal film production, this was like, you know, on hyperspeed. But right. people who had never seen films get made before were like, oh, my God, you're <laughs> still doing this scene? Yes. Like, it's take five.
0: Yeah, no kidding. You know, we're, what,
1: what it, we're moving on after this.
0: What are they, yeah, what are they thinking? Marlena Dietrich, I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeBille? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, so I, what, yeah, this is not the way it works. This is this is hard work, by the way. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, that's why everyone in here is sweating.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I've been in rooms where it's we, the old days when they had real, you know, the hottest lighting imaginable. Oh, it felt yeah. like you're standing next to the sun, and then you're in a room with a bunch of other people, and it is, yeah, there's nothing fun about it. Except, no, except you're hoping that actor thinks it is that's all. <laughs>
1: exactly exactly. so
0: well,
1: uh, but well, I mean, I guess I'm different. I love being on a film set, you know, whether I'm working on it or not, I just love the feeling, yeah. just the kind of almost hive mind energy of yeah. everyone has a job and everyone's very determined to do their job, and Terrific. I just love it, so that's why I thought it was a good idea, <laughs> well, the, and it was i mean it it, yeah. it um. It became incredibly annoying at times just because it's never really fun to have a camera right in your face. Yeah. But, you know, I think it was a pretty cool idea. And, you know, if we were to ever do something like that again, we we learned a lot about the do's and don'ts.
0: <laughs> well, that, that's what it is. It's a learning process as well. Absolutely. Sure. It is. Um, yeah. I'm Well it's it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice body of work uh w- and i all around the story the, the oh, sort of the you. twists and turns and then and then the acting and uh um yeah congratulations uh on this Oh thank you so much Maggie. Yeah on your this is your first feature film and i it sounds That's like right. you, you have something else in the in the boiler, in the uh, in the cooking, right now, and uh, I do, I do. Uh, and what what's the timeline on that? Are we looking at? Uh, is it in post? Are you done? Or you? Or what oh
1: we... no, I just finished the screenplay actually. Okay, so we're we're gearing up to start um, looking for financing,
0: raising some money. Well, get that. And as it's been my experience. <clears throat> excuse me. Oftentimes, it's when you get that <clears throat> you get that name. You get somebody yeah. like Max or somebody like that, and people say, "Oh, okay, well, you're real now, and we can start giving yeah, you money." Yeah,
1: exactly. You're you're worthy of my respect.
0: <laughs> exactly. Well, here is some money. <laughs> well, all the best on. It. Well, I don't even want to say the name. I don't want to jinx anything. Uh, but let's just talk about the frontier uh, sure. and the terrific people in it. Coleman Kelly, Anastasia Sen, Sen-, Sen- Anyway, send Dick. Sendick. I'll get it right before yeah. we're done. Send Dick. Yeah. And of course, Max Gale, uh <laughs> the uh the lead in this. Uh she plays a part of Sean. And uh gosh, it's been fun. It was been a yeah, blast talking is... to you, man.
1: Oh, likewise, man. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And you know, next one, next time uh you you've got something coming out. Um, oh, yeah, I'll please, be back. Yeah, please do, please do. And and all the best. I am it's it's great to see uh in addition to a, a very fine film but it's also the the idea that you know you have this is your love this is something you've wanted to do since you were yeah. 10 years old you're seeing it you've, you've done the acting part of it you've done all of it and and it just get better and better for you i hope so uh thank you so much all right take care you too thanks